This week on The Swearwolves, we make fancy dinner reservations, show each other our business cards, then we take our shirts off and flex our muscles at each other. Oh, we also talk about American Psycho and American Psycho 2, so there's that. Enjoy. Welcome to the Swear Horror Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things horror. I'm Brett. I'm David. David, how are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm doing I'm doing all right. That's good. I'm uh I'm a little interested. I'm I shouldn't say a little. I'm very interested to see what you your thoughts are on the movies that we're gonna discuss today. I'm also excited to <laughs> hear what I'm gonna think. <laughs> Not likewise, man. Uh, you know, I was I was thinking we we talked about doing American Psycho for a while. Um, that's a movie that we had both seen. We wanted to discuss the movie. I think. Yeah, I would dress as Pat Bateman as uh, for couple, Halloween last year, a couple, or the year before, year before. Yeah, a couple of years. God, yeah, Halloween didn't happen last year. <laughs> yeah, it did. We just, just no, no we party together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, wanted to talk about that. And so I was thinking about that movie and I was like, what could we pair with that? <laughs> and I was thinking about different options and I'm like, you know, they made us, well, there was a movie called American Psycho 2 that came out. I think we should watch that one because that might be fun to revisit. And I had seen that one. You had seen part two? Yes. Oh, okay. I had not seen it. Yeah. So it'll be a very interesting discussion. Uh, to say the least. I remember almost renting it several <laughs> times at Blockbuster back in the waning days of Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. But before we get to that, let's go ahead and talk about the original American Psycho movie that came out in 2000. Actually came out April 14th, year 2000. David, what was the number one song April 14th of the year 2000? Do you know? Uh, I'm going to go with like... Oops, I Did It Again by Britney Spears. You know, that's a good guess. That's a good guess, but that's not <laughs> but correct. But wrong. <laughs> uh, incorrect. Uh, Maria Maria. Maria Maria. By Santana featuring the product GNB. I just Play always... Play by Carlos Santana. <laughs> God, I forgot about that song. Well, well that's what Dude, I'm here for. That song in like a smooth, that Santana song with Rob Thomas. Yeah. God, there was no escaping. Just like the moon, oh, under the moon, it's, it's the same old state of motion that I get from, from you. You got the kind of love and that can be so smooth. <laughs> Give me a heart, make it real. Oh, let's forget about it. It's the same guitar solo. <laughs> Carlos. <laughs> I hated that song, the Rob Thomas one, and there was no escape. It. it was everywhere. I know. Because it. it was on the radio a thousand times a day. There's also that Rob Thomas song that's like, it's a hot one. 
like seven inches from the. Is that the same song? I don't know. <laughs> the midday sun. I think that is the same song. Rob Thomas. My Mona Kisa. My Spanish Harlem Mona Lisa. <laughs> Maybe that's a different song. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know the song you're talking song. about. I think it's the same song, yeah. That's the same one. It starts off. Well, it's a hot one. <laughs> I got the swamp ass. <laughs> my underwear's creeping oh. up my butt. And Rob Thomas. What's they always sing what like band that? Was it Matchbox 20? What songs did they sing? Uh, what was their big song? They had that... That push song. I wanna push you around. Well, I will. Well, I will. <laughs> I wanna take you for granted. Yeah, I always get them confused with. Um, it's been a long day. Oh, yeah. isn't that a Matchbox Match Twenty? Bo- Matchbox Twenty. I always get Matchbox Twenty. I think confused with Goo Goo Dolls. Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, kind of around the same era. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think there was another band that what's the what's the band that's like I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. Oh yeah, Th- Third Eye Blind. Yeah, I get them confused with that band. <laughs> They're too. all kind of the same. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you told me that Matchbox Twenty sang that song, that Third Eye Blind song, I'd be like, okay, I believe you. I don't <laughs> yeah. fucking know. They're all kind of the same. I mean, I listened to music back then in the late nineties, early two thousands, but I just didn't care. About those bands. No. And a lot of it was just garbage, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's 3 a.m. I must be lonely. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. That song. What is that song? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. what she says, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and all sometimes, and the rain gonna wash away. I believe <laughs> it. <laughs> Play um, by Carlos Santana. <laughs> I'm not crazy, I'm just a little impaired. I know Carlos played the guitar part. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know all these songs. Did you have the fucking Matchbox 20 like uh, CD? You know, I may have had the first one, like which is super embarrassing because that's just garbage music. Dude, you know. I also had the first all. I heard the first Nickelback CD too. Well, the, the, yeah. Don't try to I guess the second it. one. Don't try to justify no, it. No, awful. Listen, we all have our embarrassing CDs or music that we had bought back in the day. Like, you know, one of the first CDs I ever got hmm. was, <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you remember the song Rico Suave? Yeah. Rico. By Gerardo. Suave. I bought that fucking CD. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know that none of that was Spanish, by the way. That was just my memory of how the song goes. <laughs> I don't drink or smoke or eat the dope or try no coke. You ask me, how do I do it? I cope. My only addiction <laughs> has to do with the female species. I eat them raw like sushi. <laughs> Rico. <laughs> Suave. Oh, that's awesome. I think the first CD I ever bought was, I want to say it was a soundtrack to Wayne's World 2. I think. Hey, oh, Wayne's World 2? I think that was one of the first ones. I bought the tape, Wayne's World. One. And the only reason why I got the tapes, I used to buy a lot of tapes. Yeah, me too. So I could play them in the car. Because mm. they didn't have a CD player in my car. And if you had one of those tape... The little adapter Adapter thing? for yeah. your CD player. That's, that CD player would skip every time oh, you hit it a was bump. awful. <laughs> yeah, you had to drive very carefully. Yeah. I had one of those too. So I just would buy tapes. <laughs> or I would have the CD at home and I would dub the CD onto... See, and I did the janky uh, adapter thing with the CD player skipping... Yeah. 
I can't do that. And you're like, ooh, this one's got anti-skip. Anti-skip my ass. Like, no. No. Skip like no, I don't know how anybody wore that uh, disc man around because if you walked, it would yeah be more you know turbulent than just driving <laughs> in a car. Exactly. What was the number one movie? Do you think April fourteenth, two thousand? You're not going to get this. No. All right then. <laughs> Rules of engagement. Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I ever saw that. I, I don't can, think I did either. I feel like I can picture it. Yeah. Something about war. Yeah. So we blasting some music. Dude, somebody's got that music on loud. That's my next door neighbor. I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you motherfuckers talking shit. You're talking Rob shit Thomas. about Matchbox 20. <laughs> Rob Thomas is outside Eat with this. a boombox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number one TV show? 2000. Yeah. Uh, Survivor. Was that close? Close. I'll say close only because it was around that same time uh, that Survivor started. Uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Okay. It was number one, number two, and number three. Damn, Because Regis. it was on three nights a week. Wow. It was like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or some shit like that. Regis was just cleaning up. He was, too. He was like, I finally... And you know... <laughs> I <did it>. <laughs> <laughs> I finally <laughs> got a job. We can just talk like Regis. <laughs> um, the, the, t- the title of that show is a little fucked up. Who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> Everyone. It's like, me? Yeah, I do, Regis. <laughs> it's like, who's smart? I mean, it should have been like, who's smart enough to be a millionaire? Or like... Do you know enough shit yeah, to be a millionaire? Can you be a millionaire? Yeah. yeah. Can you be a millionaire? Not who wants to, because like everybody wants to. Yeah, I'll take that. There's not somebody who you're like, hey, do you want to be a millionaire? They're like, oh, uh, that's, a hard, so. that's a hard pass, my friend. <laughs> no mo money, mo problems. Yeah. No thanks. I'm just going to eat my beef stew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> beef stew out of, out the, of can. the can. Yep. With a plastic fork because yep. I can't afford cutlery. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 Go shit outside because I don't have plumbing. And good day to you. Good day, sir. <laughs> this movie, American Psycho, was written by Mary Heron and Guinevere Turner, uh, based on the novel American Psycho by Brett Easton Ellis. Brett with one T. Brett with one T. Just like you. <laughs> he is a far better writer than I am, <laughs> than I would ever imagine to be. Uh, directed by Mary Heron. And uh, music by John Cale, who was the founding member, one of the founding members of the Velvet Underground. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Stars Christian Bale as Patrick Bateman, Willem Dafoe as Detective Kimball. You got Jared Leto as Paul Allen, uh, Samantha Mathis. She's been in some other stuff. Uh, as Courtney Rawlinson. Rawlinson. Chloe Sevigny as Jean. Justin Thoreau, who used to be married to uh, Jennifer Aniston. He plays uh, Bri- oh. He plays yeah, the Timothy Bryce. Bryce. Guinevere Turner, who was one of the writers, she plays Elizabeth, and Reese Witherspoon plays Evelyn Williams, who is Patrick Bateman's girlfriend. Fiance, maybe? Fiance, yeah. They're Um, affianced. They, uh, like I said, it was April 14th of 2000. Budget was $7 million, and the box office was uh, a nice little profit of $34.3 million. Nice. A little bit insight to this uh, movie, real quick, before we get into the actual plot. Uh, This movie was bought, the rights were bought back in the early 90s. Hmm. This movie was written by Brett Easton Ellis as kind of a... A satire of of 80s culture. culture. Yeah, kind of like his opinion. Kind of a middle finger. Yeah. To Reaganomics and all that shit. Exactly. And uh, this movie was bought and originally Johnny Depp uh, was attached to it. 
he showed interest in uh, in doing it, but that fell through. I forget who was going to direct it right away. Tim Burton. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then Mary Heron got a hold of it, and she's the one who attached Christian Bale to it, and they kind of like shook hands and were like, "Yeah, let's do this." Hmm. Christian Bale really wanted to do this movie. Yeah, it shows. And it uh, took a few years to get this movie going. And meanwhile, the studio was like, mm, nah, we want Leo. Yeah, because Christian Bale, I mean, I mean, he was doing stuff, but he wasn't like a, he wasn't a big movie star. I mean, Christian Bale was a kid actor yeah. who had been in what, Empire of the Sun and uh, Newsies. Newsies. But he had done some other stuff. But yeah, he wasn't at the Leo DiCaprio level who had just yeah. gotten off of Titanic yeah um, which was a titanic of a film <laughs> but uh he didn't you know bring in the wasn't bringing in the box office right. numbers that a leo dicaprio would so they uh they asked leonardo DiCaprio, and uh, he had expressed interest in doing it and i think he probably would have done a fine job i mean he's a really good actor yeah he'd have been fine the only thing is is like now that you see christian bale as it you don't see anybody else exactly other than christian bale yeah. as it and then uh, Oliver Stone was at one time going to direct interesting, and rewrite the script, hmm. but it got way off course <laughs> and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio ended up, um, he did the beach, ended up doing the beach and they had approached Ewan McGregor about doing it. Ewan McGregor coming off of train spotting and mm-hmm. some other successes, uh, uh, Phantom Menace probably uh, yeah. <laughs> was at, at the late nineties. <laughs> Ewan McGregor and Christian Bale called Ewan McGregor and basically was like, Hey, can you not take that? And he's like, okay. And huh. he said, no, cause they were friendly, I guess. Wait, who called who? Uh, Christian Bale called, Ewan, called McGregor Ewan McGregor and was like, can you not take the role? Because he was still holding out that they would come back to him. Yeah. So That's they finally cool. came back to him and they're like, listen, you have to do the movie for less than $10 million. And they were like, we can do it. Hmm. Cool. And so that's how we got it. Boom. Uh, so I, th- I thought those were a little bit of fun facts yeah. uh, regarding that. The other thing that I wanted to mention too was that uh, the director, Mary Heron, she claimed that Christian Bale struggled with the role until he saw Tom Cruise on an interview on uh, Larry King. And he was struck by Cruise's energy and intense friendliness with <laughs> nothing behind his eyes. Interesting. And so he I could see that kind of, yeah, that's how his character definitely comes across. <laughs> yeah. huh. Also, the other thing that I want to mention, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, but the songs Hip to Be Square, In Too Deep, and Susudio are not on the motion picture soundtrack. Yeah, weird. <laughs> I, I mean, that, I it's that probably too. just because they couldn't license yeah. to distribute it. They, they bought the license just to put it in the movie, not to redistribute it as a soundtrack, but... Those are like the three songs you want. On the <laughs> yeah, soundtrack. if you're gonna buy the soundtrack, yeah, you get home, you're like, what the hell? <laughs> okay, so what's this movie about? Well, it is about uh, '80s culture. <laughs> yeah, yuppie culture. Yuppie culture. It's basically like if you took Wall, the movie Wall Street, and you added well, one of them being a psychopathic killer. <laughs> yep, there's your movie. Yep. So it's set in 1987, and uh, we are introduced to Patrick Bateman who is played by, of course, Christian Bale. And his life revolves around his work. And although I want to talk about that too, but basically the culture yeah, of the work. Uh, yeah, being seen, like eating at the nice, at the restaurants that everyone goes to and going, going to, to the clubs. Bars. Yeah. And, uh, yes, going All to the clubs, places that are hip. Doing drugs. Yep. 
and um, dressing nice, <laughs> yeah, looking nice, and uh, that's all that we really get out of this character. I mean, when we talk about his job, he's an investment banker. He works for a, um, I forget the name of it. I can't remember what it's called either Price and, I don't know. Price and Pierce or something. P&P, yeah, I think yeah. is what they call it. But um, he works for this company and never does work. Did, did yeah, you we notice never, that? Yeah, we never see him working. None the of movie. them ever work. Yeah. They're always making plans to go to lunches and dinners, but none of them ever work, which right. is kind of funny. And it's kind of a statement about that is like all these rich people. Yeah. And none of them do anything. Exactly. What are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just making money. Just, just making money, doing nothing. Doesn't sound too bad. We go through, we get a little bit of a little monologue, um, <laughs> uh, from Patrick Bateman, who's kind of narrating this where he tells us about his morning routine. His morning routine. Yeah. About how he washes his, like, uh, what kind of face wash he uses and, I thought it was funny. The different uh, steps that he goes through just to make himself look beautiful, his exercise routine, his uh, ice pack that he puts over his eyes uh, to relieve the puffiness. And how he does different things while he's also doing other stuff. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Like, it made me want to start narrating my own life. That'd be kind of fun. (laughs) I wake up in the morning. I scratch my balls first. Scratch my balls. Then I take. Sometimes I sometimes I scratch my balls and sniff my fingers just to see (laughs) if my balls smell. (laughs) I take the Sensodyne Pronamel toothpaste. It whitens my teeth gently while protecting the enamel. Then I take mouthwash and I swish it about my mouth for two minutes. Generic mouthwash that I got at Safeway. Then I get in the shower and I take Old Spice body wash and a loofah. And I clean my taint in my asshole. I also scrub my underarms. This is only after I had smelled my balls, knowing that they needed to be washed. While I'm in the shower, I piss to save time. <laughs> uh, that would be amazing. Like, just, just, like, just like a normal person's yeah. like... Like, like you said, like old spice fucking body wash. It's like, yep, that's yeah. what I use. Yeah. I poop. I use cottonelle. Wipes. Toilet paper. See, I use wipes. Do you? You gotta use wipes, man. <laughs> Get on the wipe bandwagon. It's so much cleaner. Yeah. Think about this. Think See, about I this. Think... think about this, David. If, if you got poop on your hand, would you take a dry... A paper towel and just wipe it once <laughs> and call it clean. You're making a lot of sense here. <laughs> I thought the wipes were a little too new wave for my taste. <laughs> no, everybody's doing the wipes. That's what I'm saying. Like you wouldn't just wipe with a dry paper on your, yeah, on your no, hand to get the poop true. off. You need to use the wipes, dude. Yeah. I mean, besides I mean, like, a try. does it feel weird? Moist. <laughs> I don't like that word. <laughs> Damn. Does it sting? Like, is there no, like, there's no, no you got open there's no, sores. There's no alcohol in there. No. <laughs> to dry quick. That's good. No, no, but what you can do, you can do, you can do the twofer. So you can wipe with the, with the wet wipes and then dry it off with the regular. And then take paper. the regular and give that a swipe mm. and that'll dry you off, but give you maybe an extra little clean. Mm, I'm going to have to give it a shot. I'm telling you, dude, once you do it, you'll never go back. I'm going to start eating a bunch of fiber so I can Poop. get my bowel movement, like, yeah, make it sooner. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Especially for those, those tough cleanups. Oh yeah. The messy ones. Like I'm going to use a whole roll. <laughs> it works. <laughs> it works really good. There you go. This episode was brought to you by. By Cottonelle and Wet Wipes. Dude, dude wipes. <laughs>
<laughs> I don't use dude wipes. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're just as good. Um, but you're right. Like, yeah, he and he has like a facial mask he puts on. And he even kind of says like his whole facade is like a mask that he's. Yeah. There's nothing behind him. Yeah, he's like a shell of a person. He goes to his uh, job, and they're all sitting around like a board meeting table, boardroom like table, and they're showing their various different business cards. Well, actually, first Jared Leto comes over, and this is Paul Allen. And Paul Allen comes over and he mistakes Bateman for someone else. Yeah. Yep. And, and this, Bateman plays along. And this is a theme like throughout the movie. Like nobody knows what anybody looks like. Yeah. Or who anyone is. Because they're, they're always, all so self-absorbed. Yeah, they're like, is that uh, so-and-so? And they all talk shit about each other too, even though they don't even know who they are. Yeah. Really. <laughs> so Paul Allen comes over and he um, is talking to Christian Bateman, Christian, <laughs> Christian Bale as uh, this other character Bale's just playing along and they agree that they're going to go out to lunch sometime. Yeah. Anyway. And uh, Paul Allen gives his card to one of the other guys who are sitting there around Bateman and uh, they all start comparing business cards and uh, Patrick Bateman pulls out his and it's, he talks about like, it's like, it's called bone. <laughs> yeah. The color is called bone and it's got this letter, certain lettering and certain font and everything. And everybody's like, Ooh, Oh wow. You think that's nice though? Check this out. Yep. The next guy pulls out his, the next guy pulls out his, and then they're like, let's look at Paul Allen's. And I really like before they even look at Paul Allen's Christian Bale, like as he's narrating, he's like, I can't believe that they like so-and-so's card more than mine. <laughs> and by the way, all the cards look the they same. They all look exactly the same. They're all like, Slightly well, this different is colors. called ivory. This is called bone. This it's one's like, got raised embossed lettering. It's all the same. Yeah. It's all the fucking same. And like, let's look at Paul Allen's card. And his card is far superior. Again. <laughs> Christian Bale like twitches. Like when he sees it, he's like, yeah, uh, I can't even. Yeah. So <laughs> Christian Bale gets all pissed off. And on his way home, he comes across this homeless man who's there with a dog. Yeah, and at first he acts like he's going to help him. Yeah, and then he's just like really rude, starts being really rude and really condescending to him. And he's like, you smell like shit. Yeah. You're never going to be anything. And then yeah, pulls, I don't want to help you. Pulls out a knife and he stabs the guy. Yeah, and then he kills his dog. And he he like, stomps, stomps on, on the dog. Oh, poor doggy. It's fucking sick. It was gross. He's at a Christmas party and he runs across, this is where he runs across Paul Allen. They make plans uh to go out for dinner. Yeah. And Paul thinks that Patrick is this guy named Marcus Halvestrom or something like that. Yeah. Again, mistakes him for Halvestrom. <laughs> and then I think even Reese Witherspoon's there and she's like, why, why was did he, he call you that? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> they go out to dinner, Patrick Bateman and Paul Allen go out to dinner and, uh, Paul Allen gets really drunk. Yeah. And he's talking shit about Pat Bateman, which yeah. is kind of funny. He's like, he's and, a fucking loser. Yeah. And he's like, his girlfriend's got a great ass though. <laughs> and Patrick's just kind of playing along. Yeah. They <laughs> go back to Bateman's uh, apartment <laughs> and he's sitting there. Paul Allen's sitting there on the chair or the couch and there's like newspapers. All yeah. And he's over like, the what's with the newspapers? <laughs> yeah. And this is where we get uh, one of many, uh, one of, a few different uh, monologues that Bateman has about, <laughs> about music. music. Yeah. And he starts talking about Huey Lewis. Yeah, you like Huey Lewis in the news? By the way, I don't know if you know this about me, but I love fucking Huey Lewis. I like Lewis Huey Lewis in the, in the news too. I when I was a kid, I loved Huey Lewis in the news. Yep. Same. Dude, and my, I still love him. My dad had several Huey Lewis in the news tapes, and I always associate uh Huey Lewis in the news with boating. 
because we had a boat and whenever <laughs> we go down the lake and go fishing or skiing or whatever there's a lot of huey lewis yeah <laughs> yeah but uh hip to be square love that fucking song yeah it's awesome and uh i listened to that yesterday when i was putting together my notes <laughs> um but that's the song that bateman plays uh, for him but beyond that there's a lot of good huey lewis songs uh they obviously did the back to the future uh first back to the future yeah. soundtrack uh song back in time and then there's the uh power of love mm-hmm. which is another fucking great, great song. song yeah I love heart, the list. heart of rock and roll oh. still beaten yeah. in cleveland detroit heart of rock and roll yeah i love it but that scene is funny because like he's talking about the different albums and the style, and you can just tell Paul Allen's just kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. And it's kind of funny because like, but he's doing this all while he's like prepping <laughs> to kill him. Yeah, and he like puts on a smock. He's like dancing around. It's a funny scene. Yeah, he puts he's got on a an raincoat. axe and he's kind of hiding it behind his like body. And then he just goes, "Hey, Paul." And then he just buries a fucking axe in his head. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And blood gets all over his face. It's awesome. He disposes the body, but he puts the body in a bag and carries it out. And he runs into one of his coworkers as he's putting the body into the trunk of a car. Yeah. And the guy's like, Ooh, what kind of bag is that? Yeah. That is nice. And there's like a trail of blood <laughs> yeah, all the way through the apartment complex. He doesn't notice. That, uh, that actor that played that character, Lewis, uh-huh. you recognize that guy? Uh-uh. Did you ever watch uh, Silicon Valley? Uh-huh. He played Gavin Belson. Oh. Just yeah, with yeah, a, yeah, Just yeah. with a goofy haircut. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. I get it now. <laughs> By the way, Patrick Bateman's fucking that guy's fiance. That's right. <laughs> yes. And then who? I don't know. I haven't read the book and you said you haven't read the book. I'm assuming she is either contemplating or does kill herself because there's a point in time where she calls Bateman and she's like, talking. she's all pilled out or something. Yeah. yeah. And she's talking to him. And she's like, well, if I don't see you yeah, have a have Merry a good, Christmas or Happy good, New Year or whatever it was. Good Easter. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, okay, yeah. He doesn't care. Yeah, he's too wrapped up in his own business. Yeah, he just fucks her. Yeah. And oh. that uh, actress, she was the uh, Daisy. That's Samantha from, Mathis. Yeah, Daisy from uh, Super Mario Brothers. Yes. Yes. She's also in uh, a few other things. Yeah, I'm sure but. she's done this stuff. <laughs> anyway, so he, uh, Bateman then breaks into the apartment of Paul Allen. Yeah, and I like when he first enters, like there's a moment of sheer panic when I realize that Paul's apartment overlooks the park. And it's obviously more expensive than mine. <laughs> oh, no, but like, when they said like sheer panic, I was like, oh no, I was like, oh, it's just more uh, vain stuff. Yes. Yeah, very much a comment. This is what I was trying to say earlier. This is very much a commentary on that. Yeah, that era and lifestyle. And lifestyle and yep. all that shit. He leaves a phony message on Paul's answer machine where he's trying to disguise his voice, but sounds just they all like sound him. the same. Yeah. Like, that's the other thing about this movie is all the guys do look the same. And they all talk the same. And they even remark at one point how they all have very similar haircuts. They all, like, go to the same barber. They all uh, wear the same type of clothes or have the same glasses. It, everybody's the same. Yeah. But anyway, he says on the answer machine that uh, he's going away for a to last London minute business, business trip to London. Ciao, babe. Something like that. <laughs> or hasta la vista, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, we get a Detective Kimball. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, who comes around, and he's... Uh, by the way, Jared Leto, Willem Dafoe, and Christian Bale. 
have now all played either superheroes or supervillains. Oh, interesting. Jared Leto as uh, the Joker. Yeah. Christian Bale as Batman. Yeah. Of course. Defoe is the Green Goblin. Defoe is the Green Goblin. Hmm. Interesting. So there you go. Unbelievable. I'm almost everybody at some point in time, every actor is Everyone's going to play a superhero. superhero. Yeah. There's so many superhero movies coming out that name an actor and I can be like, they're going to Destiny. Yeah. He starts interviewing. Yeah. Because he's investigating Paul Allen's disappearance. Yeah. Because he says uh, Allen's girlfriend has reported him missing. Mm hmm. And uh, Christian Bale is not very good. Yeah. He's very nervous <laughs> at hiding. No. And he's like making excuses and he's trying to get out of the conversation. I think he tells me he's got a lunch appointment with Cliff Huxtable. Yeah. Yeah, he does. <laughs> like, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, we cut back to Patrick, like kind of doing his routine. And I thought you might like this part because he's doing ab- he's doing crunches to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. I thought that was really Which I thought cool. was kind of cool because when it cuts to that scene, we just hear a woman screaming. So yeah. we assume he's killing somebody. And then when the camera comes in, it's like, oh, he's just he's he's watching watching TV while doing his ab crunches. Yeah, the end of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre while doing ab crunches. <laughs> he's up to a thousand a day. That's nuts, dude. He actually got ripped for this dude, movie. Yeah, I mean, he's, well, Christian Bale's he's notorious. in good shape, but for transforming his body for yes. different roles, like, yeah, the machinist lost all that weight. He starved the himself. fighter. He was really skinny, and then um, for Batman, he got fucking buff. Y- he was like. I want to say he was like 280. I might be exaggerating, but he was like he was big dude 250, 260 when he did solid Batman. Muscle. Yeah, and then he got down for the Machinist. I think he got down to like 160. <laughs> like it was like uh, that he lost, I think it was even more than that. Like he yeah. was tiny. Yeah. So, but yeah, for this movie in particular, like he, he trained um, by himself for a long time, and then with a trainer, like three hours a day, yeah. a personal trainer. So he got ripped for this movie. Yeah, he's pretty buff. He's so fucking hot. <laughs> by the way, my wife is like, mm. she's watching this movie, and I see her every time. He's like, she's just drooling. <laughs> You're like, knock it off. I was like, I'm right here. Yeah, come on. I don't do that <laughs> when when women come on the screen. <laughs> yeah, you got a beefcake right here, honey. <laughs> well, uh, hello. Hello. I'll do some crunch. I can. I'm up to three crunches. <laughs> three a day. <laughs> uh, like a week ago, I was doing zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you want from me? I can watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre while doing a setup. <laughs> um, oh, that night he picks up a hooker. Yeah, he picks up a couple of them. Yeah. And he's like, Your name's Christy. And he picks her up in a limo. Yeah, he picks up a street. Uh, Walker, and then he calls for like a call. Girl. Yeah, a call girl, and he introduces himself as Paul Allen. Takes. Uh, are they at his house? Yeah, yes, they're at, they're his, at house. his house at this uh, this uh, point for this one. And he calls the other girl Sabrina. Yep, <laughs> this is another monologue about Genesis. Yeah, who is another band that I fucking like. Yeah, he's like, do you uh, like Phil Collins? <laughs> and I do. I like Phil Collins, but this is where Into Deep plays, and also Susudio. Yeah, and while Into Deep is playing, he's kind of instructing the prostitutes like what to do like in between like talking about music he's yeah. like all right you get down on the bed get on all fours <laughs> uh, don't just look at it eat her asshole <laughs> yeah. yeah get on your knees so she can see your asshole yeah oh that's gross <laughs> don't just look at it eat it <laughs> yeah and he, he goes off on that and then and then they're fucking su- su- studio. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever see the do you ever see the do you remember that show putting on the hits uh yeah that sounds familiar there was like a kid's version of that there's like this little kid doing susudio <laughs> yeah i gotta show it to you real quick hold on <laughs> oh man 
That is something. That is something to behold. Fucking Duffy. <laughs> My name. <laughs> you gotta watch it. You gotta yeah, watch the whole that's thing. That's insane. Um, but anyway, look up Susudio putting on the hits. You will not be disappointed by, <laughs> by Duffy. Um, so yeah, and he's fucking these ladies. He's like looking at himself, yeah, he's flexing, and he's, he's re- I do that, and he's videotaping the whole thing. You flex while you're banging. Oh yeah, I just look at me like, oh, look, I'm so fucking yoked. <laughs> Checking yourself out. <laughs> My wife is like, what the fuck are you doing? And do you sing to studio? She's like, like it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm trying to sleep. Like, I'm, in too, huh? I'm in too deep, honey. <laughs> he's, he's like, no. She's no, like, you know, not. I love you, Brett. I just can't take this. <laughs> You know I love That's you, so, but so you're not so in you. that deep. No, yeah, it's very shallow, actually. I'm like, listen, you get the invisible touch. <laughs> like, God damn it! <laughs> Fucking Phil Collins is written my whole side. Ah, <laughs> uh, what's that song? He calls out to the man on the street. Uh, yeah, sir, can you help me? She said, Oh, think twice. It's just another day and for I told you her that. and me in paradise. <laughs> yeah, it's just another day for you and me in paradise, baby. Uh-huh. Dun, dun, dun. You're like, just think about it. I make it so she can't walk. I can't walk. I can't move. <laughs> What's the song? I, I can't, can't dance. dance. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it still works. I make it so she, she can't, can't walk. Dance, yeah. The only thing about her is the way she walks. Oh, yeah. Very side to side and crooked. <laughs> yep. From yep. a night of bang. <laughs> From a night of La f- pasión. <laughs> me flexing in the mirror. <laughs> this is studio. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to have that song like just ready to go. The yeah, next time it gets a little no frisky. Time in the mood. <laughs> That's the studio. I'll be like, hold on one second. She's like, oh, he's gonna light some candles. He's gonna make it romantic. I'm gonna yeah. be like, there's a girl that's been. I'm gonna just play the putting on the, <laughs> play the kid dancing. <laughs> yes, nothing will get her fired up. Duffy more, more doing than his an leg kicks. Duffy doing his leg kicks. <laughs> She's like, you know how to get me wet. <laughs> She slides right out of the bed when I do that. <laughs> oh, God damn. So the girls are getting ready to leave. Yeah, not so fast, <laughs> ladies. Like, Hold on, we're not done. And we see him like open this drawer and he's got all these like implements of destruction. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh no. And then the next scene we see is the girls like. I think he settles on a coat hanger, right? Or something like that. I don't know. Well, yes, he does grab a coat hanger. <laughs> but I don't know what he does with it because the next scene we see the girls are leaving and they're all beat up. Yeah. And he's uh, giving them their money and they're in a hurry to get out. Now, my assumption was he was doing this to frame Paul Allen. Hmm. But I guess that's not true. <laughs> I thought he was doing it to like, because he was telling everybody his name was Paul Allen. He's like, my name is Paul Allen. Yeah. Remember this, Paul Allen. And then he would take the girls back and he left them alive and he paid them. They think his name is Paul Allen. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, but then it doesn't make sense that he took him to his apartment. Right. Yeah, it would have made more sense. (laughs) If he would have taken to Paul Allen's apartment. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Bateman's out at dinner or lunch the next day or soon after that. And this Lewis guy comes up and shows everybody his new card. Yeah. And he's super jealous. And Bateman's just like, these cards are like triggers. Yeah, I think this is the one where it's like his handshakes or something. He's just like, Both of them. this one, he just, he's like, fuck this. And he just goes to the bathroom just so he can like 
Oh no, he sees Lewis go to he the bathroom. He sees Lewis go to the bathroom and he he's comes like, in behind him, he puts on a pair of gloves, he's, he's like, I'm gonna choke him, him out. <laughs> and then like as he's choking Lewis, Lewis turns around and Patrick he starts kissing Patrick's hand. hands and he's like, I never knew it would be like this or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's into it. And Patrick like can't even speak. He's just like, uh, uh, uh and he's like, I I've gotta return some videotapes. Yep. And he he also washes his hands with the with gloves, the gloves on. on. Yeah. yeah. But uh he gets out of there and then he's like, Lewis is like, call me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um this is also uh Patrick meets a, a model like out at a club. Oh yeah. He takes her home, kills her. And he tells we her assume. like I'm into murders and executions, the murders and acquisitions. Yeah. But she doesn't even catch it. Yeah. Yeah, and the next day he's got a lock of her hair, so it's like, oh, well, she did. Yep. And this is where Jean comes in, uh, who is his secretary, played by Chloe Sevigny, and she's got a crush on Patrick, and uh Patrick invites her to dinner. And he's like, You'll want to change before you go, before we go out or <laughs> yeah, something. He's like always, that. He's he's always, always criticizing her, her like, outfits. Don't wear that. Yeah. He's and like, she's hey, over, come, come, come yeah. meet in my apartment. And like, while she's there, like they're talking or she's kind of telling him stuff and he's walking in again in the background. He opens the freezer and there's a severed head from the model that's yep. in there and gives her some ice cream. Yeah. He's like, oh, we want some sorbet. And then, uh, he's like getting different weapons. Like he's, he's kind of looking again, kind of shopping around like, what, what should, should I, I do? So he starts with a knife and then he grabs some duct tape. And she's just like, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you using that? What's with the tape? He's like, oh, I have to tape something. Yep. And he settles on a nail gun. Yeah, and he's about ready to... Yeah, he's got it pointed at the back of her head like while she's talking. She's not completely una- uh, unaware. And then the phone rings. Yeah. And it's Reese Witherspoon, his girlfriend, Evelyn. Yeah, and she leaves a message. And it kind of... She's like, hey, honey. Love you. Yep. And he's like, oh, you're still with her? Yeah, and then he's like, Gene, you need to leave. Yeah, and he's like, if you stay, I feel like I'm going to hurt you. And she feels like emotionally that he means, yeah, I'm going to physically harm you. Yeah. Kimball, by the way, Detective Kimball, he, Bateman has agreed to meet Meet him him for lunch. lunch. Yeah. And they have lunch. And uh, Kimball's like, you know, it's really weird about Paul Allen's disappearance. He's like, people say they've seen him in London. He's like, but I don't, I don't buy it. Yeah. And, uh. Kimball's like, what were you doing again on this night? And he's like, uh, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> and he's going off. And then they're like, he's like, well, that's not what I have. Yeah. He's like, well, what do you have? He's like, well, I talked to so-and-so and so-and-so. He's like, well, what were they doing? <laughs> he's like, they said they were having they're, dinner they're with, with you. you. He's like, oh yeah. Which again, just goes to show you that nobody knows who anybody is. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got an alibi he's covered by people the, that are so self-absorbed, so consumed with themselves that... Yeah, his alibi is covered by the Halvestrom guy that we never even meet, but Patrick is mistaken for. That's the guy that ends up covering him. Yeah, and says that he was at dinner with him. Yep. But then he's, like, pissed off. Bateman's, like, pissed off because he's, like, nobody knows me. Yeah, exactly. I'm I mean, a, I'm a ultimately, nobody. like, if we want to dissect this movie a little bit, that's that's kind of like what this movie is about. It's about a search for identity. Yeah. And... Uh, being one of a school of fish that just follows wherever the, the next one goes. Mm-hmm. If you think about all of these business guys, they're just like mindless schools of fish. And he's the one who's like, I, this is fucking insane. And he's insane. Like, right. He's a murderer, but he's no more insane than the rest of all these fuckers who are just blindly following yeah. whatever everybody does. The, the trends, do. right. Yeah. Just to what? For what, at what end? Survival? (laughs) 
Yeah, I guess to feel important. But it's it's not even because nobody wants to stand out. Nobody does stand out. Yeah. Nobody like rises to the top. Oh, the other thing is, is as I'm watching this movie, I can't help but like watch Patrick Bateman and be like, this is like Donald Trump Jr. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he is kind of. He's like. Even the way he talks. Oh, my God. It is Donald Trump Jr. to a T. And, I, you know, we need to, like, somebody needs to search that motherfucker's house. Because I'm sure he's killed a person. He's got a head in his freezer. I am almost positive. I mean, that guy's a hunter. At some point in his life, he's going to be like, he wants okay. to go after the most dangerous game. Exactly. <laughs> you know, let's look into this guy a little bit more closely. I mean, we all know he's a cokehead. And he's he's got some fucking skeletons in the closet. Like, literal skeletons in his closet. <laughs> yes. That night he picks up uh, Christy again. Yeah, she's very hesitant. Yeah, to and she's go like, with him. nah. And he's like, ah, no, 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 no. It won't be like last time. And she's like, well, last time I had to go to the hospital. And he like writes her a check. Yep. And then he like pulls out a wad of cash and he's like, just come with me. And so they go back to his apartment. And this is where he's got his like ex girlfriend. Yeah, Elizabeth. And um, Christy. And they all start drinking. And this time they're at Paul's apartment. And yep. she even makes a remark like, oh, this is much nicer than your other apartment. Yeah. Or your old apartment or something. He's like, oh, it's not that much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the girls drunk and he has them start making out. Little Whitney Houston, the greatest love of all. Yep. <laughs> and uh, by the way, that got me down a rabbit hole of Whitney, Whitney Houston, Houston songs. <laughs> <laughs> With my wife, we were watching Whitney Houston music videos. And I was like, we were, we were both in agreement. It's like, there was a point in time, Whitney Houston was beautiful. And she also like had this amazing voice and she yeah. had all these great pop songs. And it's like, man, fucking drugs. Yeah. What a waste. Crack cocaine, man. Yeah. Just say no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, no. Yes. I agree, I agree with you. Yes to yes. the no. <laughs> so yeah, this is, he goes off on Whitney Houston and then, uh, he's going down on Elizabeth. He's banging her. I think like under the sheets with his shoes on with his tennis shoes. Yeah. on. But then he's like going down on her and he bites her. Yeah, and you hear her kind of start screaming, and then you see blood soak into the sheets. Yeah. And, and he, the other girl, Christy's watching. She's like, oh, my God. Well, Christy, as they were, like, banging, she was like, I'm going to use this as an opportunity yeah, to Yeah, she was kind of putting out. on her... She's getting dressed. And then that happens, and then she's like, fuck, fuck this. this shit. And she starts running through the apartment. She doesn't know her way out. It's a big apartment. And she starts getting out of there, and all of a sudden, Bateman starts coming after her with a chainsaw. And he's naked. Except yeah. for his pure white sneakers, and uh, he's got the chainsaw, and she gets out of the apartment. She's like knocking on other doors. Nobody no answers. answers. She runs down the stairwell. Yeah, the winding stairwell, and she's heading down, and Patrick just kind of hangs his arm over the edge, and he's just dangling the chainsaw. Yeah. And I remember the first time I saw this movie, I was like, oh my God. He's like watching and timing, and then he lets it go, and it like spins, and it lands right on her. Yeah. Boom, and he just her. smiles. He's like, got her. And he starts laughing. Yeah, like, and, you see, and you see like blood, like a pool of blood. He's then at lunch with Evelyn, yep, Reese Witherspoon, and uh, he's like drawing on the, um, like it's got a paper <laughs> yeah, uh, tablecloth. Like t- yeah, and he's drawing like a chainsaw with blood and stuff. Inside someone's body. Yeah. And Evelyn's talking to him, and then he just breaks off his engagement with her. Yeah, and she makes a big scene and starts crying, and he's kind of like, oh, please shut up, like stop. And then he makes the excuse again, like, I have to return some videotapes yep. and leaves. Yep, he leaves. He goes uh, to use an ATM, and uh, the ATM says, feed me a stray cat. He's like, huh? So he grabs a stray cat, and he's like going to shove it in there, and he pulls pulls out a a gun. gun. Some old lady comes up. She starts screaming. Oh, my God. He shoots her. Yeah. Um, There's a police chase. 
We hear like police sirens, cops are chasing him. Yeah. Immediately there's a police. He runs. Um, he runs into the cops. He kills them. Yep. Blows up the cop car. And I like that part too because when he shoots the car and it explodes, he like looks like at the gun like, holy shit, how did yep. that even happen? He goes, he decides he's going to go in his office. <laughs> he goes into the wrong building. And the security guard calls him the wrong he calls name. Calls him Mr. Smith. And I love then, it. So he just looks at the security guard, shoots him. Finally goes into the right building. Dude, before he goes into the right building, though, one of my favorite gags in the movie is he goes to that revolving door, uh-huh. and a janitor sees him, and he goes through the door, then he goes back in, and then shoots him, and they like, all while spinning through the door, like, he never stops. It's yep. like, just one continuous motion. Yeah, that's right. And then he goes into the right building, and he goes to the security guard, and the security guard's like, oh, burning the midnight oil? And then he's like, and he pulls out a pen. Yeah, you think he's gonna pull out his gun, but he just pulls out a pen and signs in, goes up to his office building, calls his His lawyer lawyer, and is like, I killed everybody. I killed Paul Allen, I killed uh this prostitute, this homeless person. He's like, and he tells he starts telling things that we didn't even see in the movie that he's done. And he basically says, like, I've killed twenty to forty maybe forty people. I don't even know. He says he ate some of their brains. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I figured he had done some of the cannibalism. And he was like, and he even says, like, I guess I'm I guess I'm a pretty sick guy. Yeah. The next morning, he goes to Paul Allen's apartment, and uh, he's got a mask on. <laughs> yeah, because it's going to stink in there. And he opens it up, and it's all... Clean and vacant. Repainted. It's being shown to somebody. Yeah, there's a realtor in there. And she's all, are you my two o'clock? And he's like, no. He's like, what the fuck is going on here? Doesn't Paul Allen own this place? And she's like, no. Yeah. And she's like, and I think like, you better you get out of leave. here. Don't ever come back. So he leaves. He starts flipping out. He calls in sick. He's like popping a bunch of pills. He's having a little panic attack. And then Gene, his secretary, goes into his office and finds his day planner and sees some like pretty gross drawings that he's done. Gruesome, yeah. Yeah. He's out to lunch with his friends and they're talking and he sees his lawyer. He's like, oh shit. So he goes over to his lawyer and he's like, uh, about what I called you yeah, last night. You get my message. And he's like, oh, pretty funny joke. Yeah. We were all listening but, to it. Hilarious. But, but the lawyer mistakes Patrick for somebody else. <laughs> yep. And he was calls like, him Davis. Yeah. And he was like, pretty I'm, good joke saying that he goes, but the only flaw was that you said you were Bateman and Bateman's such a, like such a, a dork or something. <laughs> yeah. And Patrick's like, I'm Patrick Bateman. I'm Bateman. And he's like, whatever. He's like, I killed Paul Allen. He goes, that's impossible. And he goes, why? He goes, why, why, why you stupid bastard? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. And the guy's like, because I had lunch with Paul Allen two days ago. In yeah, London. in London. And he's like, huh? I had lunch with him twice. Yeah. And um, he's like, what? And so Bateman uh, goes back to his friends and they talk about some, they're talking about Ronald Reagan because he's on TV talking about the arms race or whatever and yeah all that shit and um then nobody knows that he's a murderer or maybe he is maybe he isn't and his confession means nothing because nobody cares yep yeah he just narrates the end he's like yeah this confession means nothing and that's the end of the movie Hmm. i really dig this movie i love this movie um it's such a well-crafted story um, again, the source material, I've never read the book, but Brett Easton Ellis hasn't said anything bad about the movie. Um, they did have to, there was some stuff that I saw where they did have to combine certain things. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, you got a 400 page book. 
Yeah, you got to condense it. And an hour and a half long movie. Yeah, you got to whittle it down. You, you only have so much. So there are certain things. And I think like in the book, there's certain chapters where Patrick like does that Huey Lewis monologue, but it's not while he's killing Paul Allen. Mm. So it's like one whole chapter is devoted to his thoughts on Huey Lewis. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Kind of reminds me like in Fight Club where... Um, the uh, Ed Norton character mm-hmm. is like going through the Ikea. Oh and yeah. It's just like, he's, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of that. Like yeah, that consumerism that. Mm-hmm. and like Bateman is like always constantly saying other people's thoughts as his own thoughts. Yes. Um, like when he's talking about a restaurant and like, Oh, so-and-so said that this oh, is yeah. to die for. And there was a part where like, they're talking about like foreign policy or something like that. And you can tell he's just kind of regurgitating talking points. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, um, it just and it's all very shallow, exactly. And it and it just gets him by enough to where people don't think that he's a complete buffoon, mm-hmm. and everybody says the same thing, right? Yeah. So it's like, mm. but um, I really dig this movie. I I I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I can give this a five. No. But between Christian Bale's performance, the score of the movie is good, and the soundtrack is good. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's really dark, but it's funny. Yeah. Between all that, I'm, I'm going to probably have to go four and a half. Nice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably have to go. Like, I don't know why I can't give it a five. I'm, I'm trying to even, like, decipher why I can't give it a five. <laughs> but I will say that it's, like, it's as close to, it's four and a half. I was a four on this one, but I think I'm going to bump up also to a four and a half. Because, again, I can't really think of a whole lot to take away. But yeah, it's entertaining. Uh, his performance is it's outstanding. Fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, even the body transformation. Like, I mean, it's all good. And uh, Willem Dafoe is re- he's really good. I mean, his part is small. Yeah, even the small like Jared, Jared Leto. Leto's fine. Yeah, yeah, and I like all the the little monologues. Yeah, the social commentary. There's just a lot of cool things going on. Yeah, yeah. It's just a it's a really it's a very unique, interesting movie. Um, I can't really think of another movie that's similar. Yeah. It's cool. And the thing too we didn't really talk about is I also like the ending is really like leaves you to think like did any of this ever happen? Is this all in his head? Yeah, so that leads me to that kind of conversation. You know, I I, I looked into some stuff about that. And my theory, and let's see if we agree, is oh, some of it happened. Yes. Yeah, so I looked into some of it, and I looked into see like what the differences were between the book and the mm-hmm. movie, and just some basic surface level research that I do. You know, I don't, I don't <laughs> go too deep for this, uh, but the uh, the the writers and the director were like, oh, it was never a question of whether he did it to them. Mm. It was yes, all he of this it? did happen, and I think in the book, all of this does happen as well. I think the problem is, is like we're we're asking the wrong question. It's not did this happen? It's, does anybody care? Right. That's the bigger question. Yep. Mo- as a movie goer and, and movie watcher, it's different than a novel, right? In a novel, they can talk about different things and spend a lot more time. In a movie, when you're left with such open-ended shit, you're just like, huh? <laughs> well, that that was kind of open-ended. But I think I think you're correct too, and I do agree with you. I think that all the murdering did happen I think some of it, like, I don't think he killed Paul Allen. I think he did. I think just people just don't know who Paul Allen is or Maybe, what Paul Allen is. Maybe, but then how was his apartment clean the very, because, next, the very next day? Because nobody cares. I don't know. Nobody cares. Eh, maybe. 
I don't know, but I mean, that's the fun. That's yeah. another fun element of the movie is the the discussion. Or, or here's another thing that I thought about is like, is he even who he thinks he is? Yeah, maybe not. And is Paul Allen even anybody? Is Paul Allen even real? Like, yeah. there's so many different things that you can look at from not reading the book again. I don't want to go by the book because some people are like, well, in the book, this happened. I don't give a fuck. I'm no. going by the movie. Well, and there's other things too. Like, yeah, does he even look the way he looks or is that just the way he sees himself? Exactly. Cause like, obviously like the ATM didn't tell him defeated a cat. Like he obviously hallucinates some stuff. Yeah. And so there's those parts too, where yes, he is a psychopath and yes, he's not feeding uh, the ATM's <laughs> not asking him to feed a cat to it, but he does hallucinate stuff, but I think there's some fantastic things that happen. And as he's telling the story, it's like, it's like I went fishing and I caught this bass and it was this big, right? Mm, yeah. Or I went on a killing spree and I killed all these people and this is how it happened. An ATM asked me to give, feed it a cat. Okay. <laughs> Obviously you're insane. Uh, so, but it, he's exaggerating and he's telling us this story, but all that stuff I believe did happen. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't know if it was, if he's a product of, if it's because he's a psychopath and he's a killer or if it's a product of his environment and him just snapping and losing his shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or a little bit of both or a little bit of both. Yeah. I think he already had issues, but you take somebody who has issues, you give them money and the appearance of power. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, did you ever see the movie? Did you ever see the movie rules of attraction? Yes. With James Vanderbeek. Yeah. I guess I saw uh, the theater. James Vanderbeek actually plays the brother of Patrick Bateman. Uh, ah, okay. Because those two stories those were both are written connected. Uh, by Brett Easton Ellis. So I thought that was a nice little Interesting. thing. Another movie that relates <laughs> back to Patrick Bateman, actually, is American does Psycho it, 2. Does it relate? Really? Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, two years later, June 18th, 2002. What was the number one song? Do you know? 2002. Dude, I'll tell you this. I do. I did not know this song. I still don't know this song. <laughs> All right, lay it on me. Foolish by Ashanti. Oh, I don't know. I know Sh- Ashanti. Yeah, I know. I know the but artist. The title doesn't could, ring a bell. You could play eighteen thousand songs and be like, name which one was Ashanti's, and I'd be like, fuck, I don't know all of them. None of them. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Uh, the number one movie. Two thousand two. Yeah. Minority Report. Oh yeah. I like that movie. With the uh, soulless, soulless Tom, uh, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Uh, the number one TV show in 2002. Sex in the City? Mm, that's a cable that's show. That's cable, cable. Yeah. So it probably wouldn't have been number one, but uh, Friends. Friends. You're close. Damn it. Friends, the, uh, the G-rated Sex in the City. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> this uh, movie, American Psycho 2, was written by uh, Alex Sanger and Karen Craig. Directed by Morgan J. Freeman. Yeah, not that Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Music by Norman Orenstein. Uh, it stars Mila Kunis as Rachel Newman. Have you seen that Cheetos commercial with her and Ashton yeah. Kutcher? That's the fucking... Duck. I hate that commercial, though. It wasn't yeah. me. Yeah. So stupid. Yeah. With Shaggy. Ugh. And it's like... And, and you got Kutcher being like, I even caught the wrong camera. Yeah. <laughs> so shut the so fuck stupid. up. stupid. And by the way, that song... I hate that song. It's stupid too. It's like, picture me, picture it. We were both butt naked. It's like, Banging no. on the bathroom floor. <laughs> no. I don't want to think of that. Why do I want to picture you and whatever girl, both butt naked, banging yeah. on the bathroom floor? Oh, that song's you fucking awful. Fucking shaggy. shaggy. Oh, God. It wasn't me. <laughs> that that could have been number one song in 2002. I don't know. <laughs> it was around the time. Yeah, it probably was. Well, anyway. 
Mila Kunis plays Rachel Newman. William Shatner plays uh, Professor Robert Starkman. Mm, the Shat. <laughs> took a Shat. Yeah, Shat got paid. <laughs> Kim Shray. I'm not going to go through all these people. No, let's not. <laughs> There's nobody else. No. It's Mila Kunis and William Shatner are the yeah. stars. Uh, release, like I said, June 18th, 2002. Budget. Ten million dollars. This budget was what larger? What <laughs> than the American Psycho budget? Where did the money go? The box office. I don't have any information on that. It's direct to video, right? It was. Oh, yeah, oh. it's direct to video. Wow. Right off the bat, we get a big middle finger to the first movie, right? We do. But do we want do we want to talk about this movie? No, they're actually not. It's not really a sequel. Yes. It was just dressed up to be one. Yes. Yeah. So this movie was written. As a, a completely a different movie. movie. Yeah. Like some asshole was like, oh, I got an idea for a oh. movie and wrote this. And American Psycho, uh, Psycho <laughs> made some money. So. So the studio was like, well, let's do this. Let's mm-hmm. retcon some of this shit and insert the Patrick Bateman character in here somehow and make this and American make it a Psycho sequel. Too. Brett Easton Ellis has totally disavowed this movie. <laughs> I'll bet. Even Mila Kunis has come out saying, why? Well, she also came out saying, "Well, when we first when I filmed this, I it was we were just making a different we were just making a movie, it yeah. Wasn't, which yeah. I don't buy. No, because there's she does narration and she mentions Patrick Bateman a couple yeah. times. Yeah. So at some point in time, unless they got someone else to do the narration who sounds like Mila Kunis, <laughs> because she did the narration. Now, the, I take it she was probably signed on before she knew, but maybe like post. In post-production, when they did the narration, that's when they inserted this. Because during the movie, on camera, no one ever mentions Bateman. It's Not always a- off camera. Oh, there isn't one towards the end when she's talking to... It's even off camera then, too, because I thought the same thing. Yeah. But the voices that are saying it aren't on the screen. Ah, interesting. All right. So when she confronts Shatner at yeah. the end... Toward, well, towards the end, because where, where it should have been the end, <laughs> uh, when she confronts him, she... Um, that whole flashback that happens yeah, yeah. that's all mentioned oh, you're right yeah screen. it is so maybe what happened was is after the movie got filmed they added some extra that, scenes that, that makes sense hmm. why i don't know and the movie poster doesn't make any sense either because on the cover of the movie poster it says american psycho 2 and it's mila kunis holding a sickle <laughs> yeah, gonna maybe work. it's because patrick gonna go bateman, harvest harvest some corn do, what does bateman hold in the a knife oh he holds a knife so yeah what is she children of the corn yeah i don't know she's fucking malachi she doesn't use a sickle at all <laughs> <laughs> gotta, fucking malachi. gotta go harvest <laughs> Wait, what the hell so that being said yes david you are correct it gives a big middle finger to the first movie uh, as this movie starts why don't you tell us how this starts hmm must I? Uh, we get like a flashback, and there's a ton of voiceover in this movie and oh. narration, and it's all obnoxious. But basically, we get Rachel, uh, who's the Mila Kunis character, a uh, 12 year old version of her. Her babysitter, for some reason, takes her on a date with Patrick Bateman mm-hmm. at his house mm-hmm. at, for dinner, and he ties her up to Both a chair. Of them. Yeah, and he's proceeding to murder the babysitter. And then as he's killing her, she manages to get loose and she walks up and stabs him. It's the slowest stab I've ever seen with an ice pick, Mm -hmm. but kills him presumably with the weakest stab of all time. Yeah. And then she kind of determines, like, I guess she kind of liked it and was like, I want to stop serial killers. Yeah. She becomes Dexter. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dexter Morgan. Yeah, so she wants to catch serial killers. Like that's what that's her dream. So she goes to college and she starts studying uh serial killer. Ser- yeah. And she goes to this school with She wants to go to Quantico to be an FBI agent. Cuz that's she like the be best school if you want to join the FBI. And William Shatner is a professor there and I guess everyone who's ever like been his TA yeah. uh, has gone on to go into the FBI. Yeah. Listen, no disrespect to anyone in the FBI. Like, that's got to be a tough job, and I'm sure it's hard to break into. Yeah. Is it that hard? I, I mean, the lengths that she goes to I in this movie the, to get her break. Yeah. I think the hardest thing about getting in the FBI is, A, like, you got to be have good grades. Yeah. And B, you have to be, like, um, clean as a whistle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, you have to go through, like, have you ever done drugs? And it's like, no. And you have to take, like, the lie, lie detector, detector and test. all that stuff. And, and it then, can't, it, you can't have done any this, also, this, this, or this. And I don't know if it still works this way, but, like, you also have to have, like, a person who is a reference. And then that person who's a reference has to then provide another reference. And then they interview that person. And I know this because I know somebody in the FBI. And I had to be interviewed. What? About, yeah. About a, them? About another person who was, refer- yeah. And, like, an FBI agent came to my house. What? Yeah, and interviewed me and everything. It was weird. What'd they ask you? I, I can't. It was like stuff about her character. Oh no! I said she. I've said too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, you know, how did long she I've, get in? I think yeah, uh, yeah. I think so. Was I, it someone you knew? I think so. She does. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've known this person since I was a little kid. But they were interviewing you about the person. It's actually one of my sister's best friends. But they were interviewing you not about her, about the other person. No, no, no. So. They were interviewing me about her, but like oh. my sister was her reference. And then my sister referred the person to me because I needed like a two down person. Apparently like, oh, okay. you can't use the person that you referred. Oh, okay. I don't know. It was just, it was very strange. That is strange. Yeah. She got in. She does like undercover stuff. She's like Clarice Starling now. She's like... <laughs> I think she does a lot of sex trafficking stuff. Oh yeah. Ugh. I don't want to talk about that. Though. Yeah. No, but yeah. So she goes to that school to study. Yeah. And there's three other contenders, I guess, for this TA spot. It's very, three. very coveted. Yeah. <laughs> everybody everybody wants, wants to be the TA. Well, there's, yeah, there's three other people that could possibly get it besides her. Yeah. Um, Cause like a lot of people are going to apply, but she's like the only competition she has is this one girl who's sleeping with um, the professor, the per, the professor. Yeah. A rich kid, this rich kid who can buy his way there and a smart kid. Yeah. And, and she's like determined she's going to get it. And she says in her narration, failure is not an option, which she says like several times throughout the movie. Can we just like get the elephant out of the room for a second? Mila Kunis is acting is shit. <laughs> I wrote that down. Uh, two things that I wrote down as notes. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the music in this movie sucks. <laughs> and Mila Kunis's acting sucks. Now, I don't know if this is a case of, uh, you know, she's younger. She doesn't know how to act that well. I haven't seen I her in a lot of stuff. I think it's a bad stuff. script, bad direction. I think it's a lot of things that yeah, contributed. Maybe. Because I haven't seen her in a lot of stuff. I saw her in, like, what was it, Bad Moms or some shit like that. Yeah. Uh, she was pretty funny in that. Yeah. Have okay. you seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Uh, yeah. Yeah, she was good I, in that. I love that movie. Yeah, she was just fine in that. Um, and one, she was one fine of my favorite rom coms. That 70s show. <laughs> yeah. You know, as that character, but this movie, she sucks ass. Yeah, exactly. She's good in Family Guy. Yeah, yeah, but that's a cartoon. Still though, but yeah, this movie, no, she does not shine. No, she she <laughs> dim. She dims. <laughs> What's the opposite of shine? Dims, right? right? Heaven, let your light shine now. Oh, was that a Matchbox Twenty <laughs> song? 
That was Collective Soul, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. Oh, heaven, little light, going to shine on me. Oh, hey. Sounds like it should be like a song in church. Yeah, putting your hands up, testifying shit. So she gets her application to apply for the TA position. It's a yeah. very... This is a convoluted story for such a bullshit movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here, in a nutshell, let's 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 cut to the chase here, all right? In a nutshell, she applies for the job, and she is now going to proceed to kill all the other applicants. The, the competition. Right? And even the person who's like working with uh, Shatner on the application, she's like, oh, you're a freshman. We don't normally let freshmen do this. So she goes to her house and kills her. Yeah. Which, she's going to be a sophomore the next year. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, well, I think she says we don't let freshmen or sophomores, to be yeah, fair. And I like the rich, the rich kid takes her out to dinner and offers her, this is just what he says, like offers her seven figures. Like, doesn't say a number, but we're talking mil- one, at, one least million. A, at least a million dollars. Yeah. And she turns it down. Like, a million well, dollars psycho. to be a TA? She's psycho, though. She's an American psycho. <laughs> yeah, but come on. Like, I was... I'm pretty sure this movie was made in Canada too. So fuck them for saying American psycho. <laughs> this has to be a Canadian made movie, right? It looks Canadian. It does look kind of Canadian. The guy who plays Eric Daniels, he's Canadian. He's Welsh and Canadian too. Cause his accent was off. And so I looked it up. <laughs> um, Shatner's Canadian. That's true. Yeah. Mila Kunis. She's not Canadian. I don't no, think, I don't but think so. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of these other, I'm pretty sure this is a Canadian film. But come on, a million dollars to drop out of the TA position? It's a million Canada dollars, dude. That's like 14 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking a million loonies. (laughs) Oh, God. You can buy three chalupas for a million loonies. (laughs) No, Canada dollars are pretty equivalent to American dollars, aren't they? The CAD. I don't know. I think it's like uh, like 85%. I think it's close. It's like a million there would be like 850,000 here. It's a lot of money for a TA role, but no, she does not. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, the, uh, she declines. I, would, I would, I would accept that in a heartbeat. He <laughs> yeah. could have said $7, seven yeah. and I would have been done. Yeah. Take the million dollars, offer Shatner a hundred grand to get the job done. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No, that doesn't. Yeah, and why is he offering her a million dollars? Why doesn't he offer Shatner a million dollars? Exactly. It's stupid. She so kills he, him. Yeah, they start making out and she, she uh, chokes him with a condom. Yeah, that wouldn't work. <laughs> Dude, if they made condoms if they, if they made condoms that strong, there would never Nobody. be an accidental <laughs> pregnancy ever. Ever. No. Ever. And then after she kills him, like the narration she goes, Yep, I killed Brian. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she and then take, she talks about like a Robin Hood analogy, how she wants to like kill people uh, for the greater good. Like I can, if I got a, that's not Robin Hood, but that's the analogy like, she kind of makes. Like I, if I got to squash a few bugs for the greater good, then well, so be it. Yeah. It's more of a, it, think of all the greatness I'll do as, as an FBI agent. It's more of a Star Trek thing and Star Trek two, um, the wrath of Khan at the end, <laughs> uh, Spock is dying. And he looks to Kirk, who's played by William Shatner, of course. Yeah. And he says, um, the good of the many. Because Spock is sacrificing himself. himself. Yeah. The good of the many outweigh the good of the few or the one. I have been and always will be your friend. Mm, sad. Everyone cries. And Spock dies. Oh, he'll be back, though. 
He'll be back. He'll be back because in Star Trek Three, the search for Spock, <laughs> they launch his body and it goes into this planet that uh, gets hit with like this Genesis program mm-hmm. and uh, starts the planet like evolving. But Spock's body is there. So Spock's body also whoosh, boom alive again. Yeah. But from a kid. Mm. And then we learn this is this is true. Have you seen this movie? It's been a long okay. time. This is true. So Spock, they go to this planet, right? And there's this other Vulcan chick mm-hmm. who's like part of it. She's played by Kirstie Alley in part two, but not by Kirstie Alley in part three. Same mm-hmm. character though, Savick. She goes to this planet, right? Uh, with Kirk and all the other fuckers. And Sp- they see Spock's body, but Spock is going through uh, Vulcan puberty. <laughs> and seriously, like he's in so much pain because he has to fuck. <laughs> so he has to fuck this Vulcan chick. Oh, wow. Or he'll die. Jesus. At least that's what she says. She's like, uh, it's a yeah. good line. Uh, he just has to fuck me or he'll die. So we'll uh, be right back. Yeah. He's like, what? <laughs> Ma'am, I don't think that's how it works. It is. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> You're going to want this. <laughs> You're going to want this. I'm Vulcan very good. pussy. <laughs> <laughs> she makes the Vulcan signs like, it's With what my vagina lips. looks like. <laughs> oh shit two slots because <laughs> he's got two dicks and they go like this <laughs> spread out oh. anyway oh, damn i believe that's the story. listen i could be way i could be way wrong but if it's not the story it should have been the story it should have been yeah <laughs> but i'm pretty sure that's what the story is like he has to fuck oh that's what i tell my wife i tell her i'm part vulcan yeah if i don't do this i'm gonna die you don't want me to die do you <laughs> You gotta make a sacrifice. (laughs) (laughs) She kills then. um, Well, she goes to the psychologist. Oh yeah, this is when she goes to Eric. Yeah, Yeah. she says, "I think I might need help." And this is where cis failure is not an option again. Yeah, (laughs) like the second time in five minutes. Yeah, yeah, and he calls Shatner after she leaves and like tells him like, "Hey," immediately breaks every rule that any psychologist. But doesn't use her name. He's just like, "You got a student who's like a psychopath." Yeah. Like you need to be careful. Shatner thinks he figures it out and he thinks it's uh, the girl that he's banging Cassandra. Yeah. Cause spoiler alert, she kills her next. Yeah. So yeah. Mila Kunis kills her and she makes it look like a suicide hangs her. Yeah. And yeah. And then a note says like, he, did, so he didn't love me enough or something like that. She says, Rachel, I don't want you to tell anybody. You won't tell anybody with you. And she goes, I'll never let you down. And then it cuts to, like her hanging there and she's like i told you rachel i never let you down and she's like hanging yeah so, so it's like, stupid what a dumb joke yeah ha 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 very yeah, clever i get it yeah that's clever you killed her it's a great joke <laughs> by not letting her down Mm-hmm. jesus so she kills her yeah she can say it was nice hanging out with you i mean it's like the same level of joke yeah. it's like jesus christ yep who wrote who wrote this shit uh Uh, who wrote this this was written by karen craig and (laughs) alex sanger but she tells cassandra tells her before she kills her that she's a shoo-in to get the the position that she's gonna get it like why would you tell her that yeah yeah cassandra's gonna get it because cassandra's dumb yeah she's dumb Um, and then she kills that keith guy next well yeah but (laughs) professor starkman comes in and um he discovers oh yeah she does kill the keith guy next yeah, yeah and she kills him in a library in front of everybody in, yeah like what and there's no cameras in the library With like and she brags about how she's such a smart killer and stuff she's so sloppy the entire movie yeah she kills him like yeah in a library with other people 
Yeah, it's so dumb. And she notices that he was a psychopath too. Yeah, and like in class, like she bested him in like a conversation and really impressed the uh, Shatner character. So why even kill him? Oh, that's you, just show, you already demonstrated you're better than him. That's the other thing too. The knowledge that they have on serial killers is the same knowledge that anybody who's watched like I don't know two Any documentaries yeah. on Ted Bundy or Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> like we lived through t- uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, like hearing about him in the news. Like we know. Just as much as these fuckers yeah. did. And the Ted Bundy stuff, you could watch that movie with Zach Efron and fucking know just as much as as these by the way, yeah. Zach Efron did a good job playing he did Ted a, Bundy. Yeah, it was a good movie. Um, but you can you can watch that movie and know just as much. They're like, Oh, was Ted Bundy a, a psychopath or no, not no. a psychopath? Oh, I don't know. I'm so yeah. smart. Yeah, he did get sloppy. We all know that. <laughs> he was also a fucking nut job. Yeah. Fucking assholes. Be right though. He finds her, and he like Starkman uh, finds the hanging chick. Yeah, and there's like a picture of them together, and he takes that, and yeah. he left her a voicemail, like an answering machine. Like he takes the tape, mm-hmm. trying to hide the evidence, and then he uh, he says he's taking a sabbatical. Yeah, and he tells the psychologist, he's like, "Hey, that girl you told me about, she's dead." Dude, I want a job where I get a sabbatical. Yeah, one <laughs> of those like, a- professors. They can take like a year off. <laughs> I think they have to write a book or something. I guess they have to like do something that was dumb too. So it's like, Hey, you just killed his girlfriend. You think this guy's going to want to keep teaching? Yeah. So shocker that the TA position is no longer available. Like, come on. Shocker. Shocker. Uh, Rachel, she visits him. Yeah. She visits him and she like seduces him, I guess. And she's like wearing Cassandra's necklace in her dress. And she says that she loves him. It's weird. And then she tells him about okay. Bateman. And this yeah. whole scene is so stupid. Okay, so now this is another thing that I'm confused about. Was this real? Was this, like, did she have a crush on him? Or was that fake? I thought it was fake. I think she was making it up. But I don't know, because but her story like, makes Because she kills him. Yeah. It's so Why st- would you have to make up a story if you're just going to kill him? Because it's awful. Because this movie's terrible. <laughs> and so, so what was the real... What was the real story? I, I bought... You know what? This part this is, is true because she says that your girlfriend at the time was my babysitter. And that's how I learned about you was through her. Yeah. And then while she's telling him the story, he's like backing away and falls out of a window. Like, come on. Yeah. So he says the girl... Okay. So this, this is how it all intertwines. Okay. This is how they fucking make this make sense. Mila Kunis's girlfriend who got killed by Patrick Bateman was actually the... Mila... Kunis's not girlfriend, babysitter. Yeah, who got killed by Patrick Bateman was the girlfriend of William. Like Shatner. his mistress. Yes, William Shatner was on the hunt for Patrick Bateman because he was working for the FBI, right? As yeah. a profiler, he was on the hunt for Patrick Bateman, which makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> but anyway, and she, the the girlfriend slash babysitter knows who patrick bateman is makes a date with him and goes over to his apartment yeah why to which because she was gonna try to catch him but why why not just tell william shatter yeah yeah, your boyfriend is like the best quote-unquote serial killer hunter in the in the world yeah you're not gonna tell him no no (laughs) (laughs) so then then the whole thing about her killing thing but mila kunis knew of william shatner from her babysitter because her babysitter would talk about him all the time and she fell in love with william shatner i guess and had a crush on him and she whatever is telling him this he backs out of a window and falls to his death 
Yeah. And then uh, as she's leaving, like a janitor sees. She kills a janitor kills just like janitor. Patrick Bateman did. And she puts him in a dumpster. Again, like right outside the scene of the she, crime. She puts him in a dumpster that's she's, open. She's also super strong because doesn't she jab the um, oh, mop so, yeah. right through the janitor's head? Yeah. That's impossible. <laughs> she kills a security guard also. Yeah. Off camera. I guess Ice picks him. Yep. Or maybe with a sickle. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> her parents come to visit. Yeah. And they go in her dorm room. They're like, it smells like somebody died in here. It's yeah. gross. And they want to go to dinner. Uh, yeah. They go out to dinner and then the, her psychologist shows up with his mom. That's a whole other subplot to this story is like the psychologist. Like, He's got issues himself. Yeah. But the psychologist notices her and he calls her Rachel. And the, her parents are like, why did he call you Rachel? And the psychologist thinks that, I don't know. There was this whole like misunderstanding. Because he, he thought that she was dead from what Shatner told yeah. uh, told him. So he's like, what the hell? Yep. Yeah. He's very confused. Yeah. And uh, anyway, the psychologist goes to the cops. Yeah. Well, he, like, go, he goes to um, Starkman's office first and finds it like in complete like disarray. Like something looks off. So yeah. So he goes to the police. He's like, dude, something happened. Yeah. And they start talking about missing persons. And they say that there was a missing person named Rachel Newman. What? <laughs> uh, Seven months ago. What? So we come to find out that, yes, Mila Kunis is not Rachel Newman. Mila Kunis killed Rachel Newman and assumed her identity. And no one noticed. No, because she was an orphan. And yeah. Mila Kunis knew this And had no her. friends. Yes. No one at school noticed that no. now there's a different person going by Rachel Newman. Yep. Nope. And uh, anyway, so Kunis is driving away with all these dead bodies. By the way, Rachel Newman's body is still, that's what smelled in her yeah, apartment. Yeah, her dead body. Ugh. Yeah, it's gross. Seven months. Ugh. <sighs> Yeah, and she had no problem disposing of some of the other bodies. Like, why are you keeping that body around? Yeah, who knows? Gross. Anyway, she starts driving these bodies off in a car, and uh, the cops are chasing her. Uh, she ultimately pulls over, and the cops get out, and then she just speeds away as soon as they come up to them. I'm like, yeah, that's the move. Yeah, that's right? smart. Yeah, exactly. If you were getting chased by the cops... Yeah, pull over, wait till they get out of the car, come close, take off. You just, <laughs> you just bought yourself 10 course, seconds. Cops, cops wouldn't do that, right? No. Cops wouldn't do that. Cops wouldn't get, uh, they would stand by their car and be like, that's what, and then, get out. And there'd be two of them, especially yeah. if you're a murderer. And they would say like, throw the keys out and all that kind of stuff. But, they, but if no. you're ever chased by the cops and you need to <laughs> get Follow away these rules. and they are dumb, just pull do over, that. wait for them to come take off. and then take off. <laughs> Somehow she gets so far ahead of them though, that she is able to pull over and she takes Starkman's corpse out of the car and like puts it in the road as like bait mm-hmm. or something. Like, I don't know how she pulled that off either. <laughs> and then, so they get out to look at it. And then she douses the car with gasoline, puts a brick on the accelerator and starts it. Well, we don't see that. We, uh, we think that she is in the car driving it yeah. to ram, like ram them, but she drives like off of a cliff and, uh, Shatner's body at the car and presumably her go off the cliff and blow up. Yeah, and it's the shittiest explosion I've ever seen. It's awful. And then the psychologist, like two years later, has written a book. Yeah, and we get some news footage, like of the aftermath, which is also just really stupid. Yeah. And they keep saying that her name is Rachel Newman. Yeah. But but we know that it's not. Yeah. And they have like photographs of her from campus. Yeah. That like we saw. I hate that in movies when they show you a photograph of somebody. And it's a shot from the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, just take a photograph. 
of yeah, some she, of her like she, at lunch. Yeah, she probably has photos of herself you can borrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, so dumb. Uh, but he's doing a lecture about his book, and then he's doing a signing. Afterwards. And in his book, he also like calls her Rachel Newman. He knows that that's not her name. <laughs> he knows that's not who she is. Why are they calling her Rachel Newman? Poor Rachel Newman. She's fucking. Yeah. Not only was she an orphan, her no, parents didn't she's want her. Yeah. <laughs> God. Her parents didn't want her. And now everybody thinks she's a mass murderer. So dumb. So, anyway. So he's signing like books. Uh, and we see like a person come up and he's like, Who do I make this out to? And she's like, Elizabeth McGuire. Which goes back to the beginning of the movie. It's very clever. Yeah. Elizabeth McGuire was William Shatner's TA. Who was leaving, and that's how the position came vacant because she was going to be in the FBI. Yeah. So then the camera like pans up, and it's and Mila it's, Kunis. It's Mila Kunis kind of dressed like her. Yeah. And Lizzie, like, Lizzie McGuire. Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so she assumed her identity. It started a TV show on the Disney Channel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and then uh, the doctor proceeds to do absolutely nothing about it. Doesn't stop her. Nope. Doesn't say anything. Nope. And they're like, oh, Lizzie McGuire? Oh, no. <laughs> Elizabeth McGuire? She's the best FBI, FBI agent here. ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, what's your rating? Okay, so here's what my notes say. I wrote uh, four words. Dumb movie, insultingly so. This is This movie, like insulted my intelligence this movie offended me like nothing makes sense it's so stupid and it's kind of smug like it thinks it's smart yeah and it's not that's what i'm saying like the whole stuff about like the serial killers like oh look at our knowledge look how smart we are like no no, you watched a tv show yeah you read a wikipedia entry yeah you're about as smart as me you binge watched a netflix series (laughs) while also working like come on it was just so stupid the acting is awful the Mm. script is ridiculous there's like a weird scene where she goes down to a lake and there's like all these weird slow motion shots. Yeah. And she like throws like there's scenes like that where they just why is that even in the movie? It was just so dumb. Also the music. Oh, Did you notice how bad the music was? Everything about this movie was bad. Half. Yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> it's a half. It, you can't even I can't even play like I like this movie. It was dumb. It was dumb the first time I watched it. <laughs> it's even dumber now especially after like watching american psycho and then watching this right after i watched them both yeah i watched them the same day like <laughs> so i marathoned I. it oh and i was like what why would you do this why would they even do this like what is wrong oh also the other thing about this movie is it plays like it's filmed like it's a lifetime movie yes like, it looks weird like also you could see like where possibly there was commercial yeah breaks yeah, you're right. <laughs> like it's like oh, yeah, yeah, that it would make sense. It looked to do very a TV show. Yeah, and there's like, and correct me if I'm wrong. Is there any gore? Like, do any of the kills actually happen on screen? Like violent kills? Like well, we see the she, aftermath. She chokes of, the guy with the condom. Yeah, and there's no blood. We she see the aftermath the of the girl that gets like hanged. Do we see her stab the guy? I don't think. so. I guess so. we kind of see her kill the one lady with the plaque. Yeah, kind of. But like, it's just a very... She put uh, that lady's cat in the microwave, yeah, too. Yeah. She was didn't kill it. fucked up. The cat scene she, was, she would have. Yeah. The cat scene was Ricky Martin. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was kind of funny. <laughs> Ricky. Ricky Martin. <laughs> it's like, I'm just living la vida loca. <laughs> but no, this movie's awful. Yeah, never see this movie. No, don't. Half a head. I don't even know why we gave it half a head. 
Yeah. Because you don't give zeros. I don't do zeros. But it, it's, it's awful. Uh, I'm not going to give it a zero because it's not as bad as some of the other no, fucking it's not. movies that I've seen. But, it, but it's still pretty it definitely, bad. Definitely is bad. Yeah. Mila Kunis disavows it, of and course, now. Rightfully so, yeah. But I wonder how much she got paid. They paid, they used that money for, I don't know, maybe. $10 million? $10 yeah. million. Dollars. What did Where they that use that money, money for? There's not very many sets. No. The explosion was fake. No. There's no blood. Shatner, maybe? Like, there's Yeah. May, maybe Shatner maybe. cost that much? No. I don't know. Dude, Shatner's 90. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, good for him. So he was 70 when they filmed this movie. Mm, he was hot. He that's was, why she loved him so much. He was, yeah, he was so banging sexy. all the young chicks. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> I want to be an FBI agent, so I'm going to bang you. Uh, That's how Keanu Reeves got it in uh, Point Break. Yeah, he banged William Shatner. I'm an FBI agent. <laughs> I banged William Shatner. He's like, I'm a Vulcan. I had to bang him. <laughs> Otherwise, with, I was going to die. With both of my dicks. <laughs> uh, if you have any thoughts on American Psycho or American Psycho 2, uh, you know they're making an American Psycho 3. Really? No. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Uh, please contact us. How can they contact yeah. us, David? Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or the Slash Rab. Just search The Swearwolves. On Instagram, search The Swearwolves Podcast. We have The Swearwolves YouTube channel. We have our website, theswearwolves.com, or you can email us at swearwolvespodcast at gmail.com. And if you're going to be in Las Vegas this weekend, we will be there too at the Days of the Dead convention. We will. Come say hello. Yeah, come find us. I'll be wearing a Swearwolf shirt, probably very similar to the one I'm wearing right now. Mm. Better wash it. I'm going to wash it. <laughs> I will I'll probably be wearing a similar shirt or at least a, a swearwolf's hat. Yes. Some sort of swearwolf's apparel. Yeah, you'll see us. So for the swearwolves this week, I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm going to do anything to be the next TA. Anything? Anything. <laughs> now I have to return some videotapes. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Damn it. off into a trance yeah get worked up so it's like an out-of-body experience yeah <laughs> you gotta flo- float above your own body yeah watching you talk about american psycho american psycho 2 lost in new york <laughs> that's what it should have been called <laughs>